How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Hey, thanks for listening to Dirt and Sprague On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Service Patriots is your home comfort solution for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan. This is a safe place. It's a place where we can feel free sharing our feelings. Think of my office as a nest and a tree of trust and understanding. We can say anything. Anything. This is Dirt and Sprague. Deep down, I'm, I'm feeling a little confused. I mean, suddenly you get married and you're supposed to be this entirely different guy. I don't, I don't, I don't feel different. With Andy Dirt Johnson. I have to look over at a certain point during the meal and see a, a waitress taking an order. And, uh, and I find myself wondering uh, what color her underpants might be. Her panties. And Brendan Sprague. Odds are they're probably basic white cotton underpants but I, I started to think maybe they're silk panties maybe maybe it's maybe it's a thong maybe it's something really cool that i don't even know about you know dirt and spray gone 1080 what what i thought we were in the trust tree with in the nest are we not the fan hey let's do this final hour dirt and spray here on portland sports leader 1080 the fan 99.5 hd2 the odyssey app thanks for being with us on a monday it's been a tough show for me but we battle through it gets even worse now. You know why? Hmm. When you have an opinion and you're wrong and your co-host has a right opinion, it's almost like losing an argument to your wife. And you're like, God, you just have to like acknowledge, I lost that one. She's making some good points. I got no counter-argument. That happened. <clears throat> Excuse me, I made myself cough. That happened in Corvallis on Saturday. We talked about that game a bunch last week. And you had one main takeaway going into it. And that was it's a freshman quarterback on the road in Corvallis. Mm-hmm. Dante Moore went on the road in Corvallis, and he threw three interceptions in the first half of the game, including a pick six, which helped build a 23-10 lead at the half. Oregon State never looked back, and that was a nice little win for the Beavs on Saturday night. Yeah, Dante threw technically two touchdown passes instead of the registered one. Yes, he did. God, that pick six at the end of the first half was so bad. Late sideline throw, like, dude, what are we doing? I I think that's kind of why I was so confident. I put a poll question up. Oregon State 6-1, they're headed into the bye. When they come out of it, they're at Arizona. Arizona at Colorado, Stanford at home before you have UW and Oregon to finish your year. Can they be 9-1? and one? The Arizona game is the biggest question mark. That's fine. I'm not even going to look past Colorado either, as bad as that defense is. Um, to me, the reason I was I felt so strongly about this, and it's you could easily point back to the Utah game and, and go, you didn't feel this way about Utah, mm-hmm. was because at home, this team shows up. They've won something at this point. I want to say it's 16 of their last 17 home games. They're a covering machine in general, but they especially do it when they play in front of the Risa crowd. And there was zero evidence that that freshman was going to go into that building and win that football game for me. I also thought UCLA's defense was really good. For the most part, did a pretty good job holding Oregon State to only 133 on the ground. The field goals in the first half were huge. You kept Massive. them in the game. Yeah, Sir Atticus saved us there with his four field goals in that in that matchup. But I also didn't feel like UCLA's defense was unstoppable because the offenses they had faced were largely not impressive to me. Mm -hmm. And so I thought there was kind of a perfect blend here of the defense can be run and thrown on. They were. 
and a freshman quarterback just being wide-eyed in front of a research stadium that was kicking off at a perfect time. Five o'clock kick is great. And I just felt like he he's too predictable on certain pass routes. He he can't scour the field very well. And so because of that, I think they try to limit him. And the reads he get are basically stare down out throws. Yeah. And I just, if you're Trent Bray, you're seeing that tape. If I can see that, they can see it. And they took advantage at the end of the first half. He makes those chance Nolan throws where you're just staring down a dude the entire time. And you're like, no, man, stop, stop, (laughs) stare anywhere else. And he can't do it. Great game by DJ. Exceptional job, I thought, for the most part, by Oregon State's defense. And a a nice, impressive win against another top 25 team. Yeah, I will say this. I think UCLA's defense is for real. I actually think they kind of showed it on Saturday night. When you look at Oregon State's scores in the first half, Dante Moore threw a pick on their opening drive of the game. Mm -hmm. What did Oregon State run that back to? Like the 30-yard line? Uh, Yeah, I want to say so. They end up holding you to a field goal, I believe, on that drive. I can't remember if you scored right out of the gate. I was in a little bit of a haze after the Oregon and Washington game. You then had the pick where the second one on Dante Moore wasn't his fault. That was one where the arm was hit and the ball kind of fluttered up in the air, but they handed him another short field. And then you had the pick six at the end of the first half. So eventually UCLA's defense broke. Oregon State started hitting those shots down the field. You saw another really good game from your tight end, Velling, who was, you know, streaking down the the hash. It felt like an unguardable. He had three catches and two touchdowns. DJ had a play where he threw off of one leg. 40 yards across the other side of the field. Bit of a Hail Mary. Which was way. like, what are you? Don't, yeah. no, no. It was one of those like, no, 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 no. Yes. Yeah. And then because Velling uh, ended up making the catch on that. But uh, eventually their defense broke. I still believe that UCLA's defense is the real deal. I just think they're a slightly different version of Utah that when you don't get any help from your offense as the game goes on, you're just going to break eventually. That's what happened in the Utah-Oregon State game where Utah didn't come out and have a bunch of turnovers early, but they were holding Oregon State down and they were in the game, but eventually they broke Oregon State scores of late touchdowns. Uh, but Dante Moore throwing the pick six at the end of the first half. The game was essentially over from there. I think the question about Oregon State going forward is what you've highlighted in the 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 Twitter poll is – can you find is like is there a way to bottle this up? Is there a way to take whatever you're doing in Corvallis and take it on the road? And even if it's just a small marginal win because it's you know Colorado, and I don't think Colorado's very good. Does that give you the confidence going forward? Because if Oregon State wants to get to where Oregon State fans want to see them get to, you're going to have to win some of these games on the road. You got to go to Arizona and win, which is going to be really tough. We'll get to them in a moment. And then obviously the Civil War this year for the last time is at Austin. You're going to have to find a way to go win there at the end of the season. There is something about them at home though, and in Corvallis that I look at the schedule and I say, thank God we're not playing them there this season because they're just a different animal at home. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think on paper, are they better than Arizona? Yes. Are they better than Colorado? Yes. Are they better than Stanford? Yes. The Stanford game, as bad as I think Stanford is, I don't think they'll lose to Stanford, but I'm interested to see how they play the Stanford game in a few weeks because of the look-ahead spot there. College kids do this all the time. We see it routinely in college football, the look-ahead spot, and you overlook an opponent, boom, you've lost the game, right? I think Notre Dame had a little bit of this. Uh, You had Duke, Louisville, then you had USC, and you had a look-ahead spot where you didn't play well. For whatever reason, I don't know what Jonathan can do or what he's not doing. He's not traveling. This team just is – they're statistically like half the team that they normally are when they go on the road. Which is so – like eventually you'd think you'd figure it out, right? I I don't know what it is. If it's lack of juice, if it's just wrong time, no executing in certain moments. I remember the Husky game last year. They only lost that game by a field goal, by the way. Yes, they did. And I I said this to somebody on Twitter, and I, I by the end of the night ended up kind of flipping my opinion on it. I don't think the UW game is a good matchup for them at all. 
I think it's an area of weakness for Oregon State. You can attack the secondary. Penix gets the ball pretty quickly. And UW's defense is fine. I think you can move, but that's a tough matchup. I've kind of flipped my thought on that. I think UW is the best team in the conference. They deserve that credit. But playing at Reeser is not the same as getting to play in Husky Stadium. No, and, and Oregon State getting to stay at home versus going to Seattle is a much different matchup and situation. And so I kind of eye that. But you just got to win Arizona. Go to Arizona and take advantage of that. It's a pivotal bye week for them. That's the swing game of your season for sure. It absolutely is because you could really go into that UW game 9-1 and one with a real chance to make some surprising noise within college football world, not just the conference, the world. They didn't play all that clean, and they still win a game by double digits. DJ absolutely had some risky ooh, kind of throws, but he also had pinpoint precision when he needed it. And I don't know what's changed if the coaches have gotten into his ear and told him, hey, this looks here, or or maybe he's just more comfortable. Jonathan said this in the postgame that the offense takes a little time. Maybe mm-hmm. he's reached this point. But it feels like those receivers are running more open. And I'm with you. I think UCLA's defense is good. I just didn't think it was top-end elite. And also, I didn't trust their offense enough to give them a rest. No, you can't throw three picks and then uh, you're just not going to have a chance to win. And I think that's what UCLA season's going to be in a nutshell. Good defense that may or may not get something from the offense. But that offense is looking a little cleaner in terms of having a more balanced attack. And even DJ's numbers, you could argue, should be a little better than they are because they had a possession where they put Aiden Childs in. A couple of thoughts at the Vancouver Four text line. You can interact with us there, 503-864-6326. Uh, one of our P1s said, I, I love the way Smith is working with Childs. Uh, the hell with a red shirt. He gets a meaningful series with the ones in each game, shows commitment to his development while seemingly not disrupting the confidence and continuity with DJ. He's doing a hell of a coaching job. Did we like the Aiden Childs continued series of game? It worked I, out for you again. You know, it, it worked out. They called up some really good plays. They were ready for that possession. I think it's a ballsy thing to not pivot out of that in games against Utah and UCLA that mean a hell of a lot to your season. You're going to do it against Washington and yeah, on the road against I, Oregon? I think they're going to do it every single game. I think that's the plan. And I'll echo something that texture related. Outside of Arch Manning, I don't think red shirts exist anymore. I think it's kind of a pressure pack point for programs, especially Oregon State programs. Hey, we can't lose this kid. So what do we do? Let's play him. Let's yeah. playing a meaningful snaps that matter to him. They matter to development, and they matter in the grand scheme because you don't want to lose him next year. I don't know what their future is, but you're going to lose a whole hell of a lot. You want to be sure you have the guy who played some meaning, meaningful snaps for you, wanting to come back next year more engaged. It's a credit to Jonathan and staff. I'd pivot out. I wouldn't have the balls for it. Um, but he didn't, and they scored a touchdown on that possession. I like how he looks. And you know what? It's, if you're keeping DJ engaged, then okay, keep doing it. Uh, by the way, congrats on going bowling, guys. Yeah, I had I earliest had, in program history, a listener is saying. Uh, well, I think they started 6-0 and the year they had the beaver juice season, didn't they? Did they, they? have the bye, though, before? So they have another bye. Their bye is this week. So it was there a bye situation? Uh, maybe calendar-wise. Yeah, maybe Somebody's saying calendar-wise okay, is okay. the quickest they've ever done yeah, it. Yeah, and... and you know, I, I saw it not a lot. I don't want to project two or three people that I saw as everybody. Mm-hmm. They jokingly had fun with it in the locker room. They had Akili Arnold <laughs> I did see that. throw yeah. a fake bowling ball. <laughs> yeah. And, like, they celebrated. And and I know you can say, oh, look at the bees. Oh, happy to be a bowl team. Yeah. 
What do baseball players do when they win one game wild card games? <laughs> exactly. Champagne is popping. Let's I, go. Celebrate, man. Guys, it celebrate. is a grind of a season. You have to appreciate yes. the milestones that you the achieve moments. during the season. I think it plays in their locker room. I think that's why the coach doesn't give a crap about what they celebrate or don't celebrate. Yeah, they're going bowling. They have much bigger goals than to just be a Vegas bowl team. They want to beat UW, and you damn sure can guarantee they want to go to Eugene and pull an upset. And everything, as we said after Washington State, everything's in front of them. It's just, can they take care of their business? And can they win on the road? Can you solve that conundrum? We're going to get the answer to that. They go into a bye week this week, and then Colorado right out of the bye week. Is yep. that next up? No, it's Arizona, Arizona then, then it's Colorado, okay. and then you're home for Stanford before Washington and Oregon come. Colorado. That Arizona game, I cannot wait for that. Me too. That is a massive game. Arizona has, I, I, I think there's almost an argument to be made. A lot of this has to do with Utah's quarterback injury. I'm looking at those potentially as like the third and fourth best teams in the conference right now. I don't trust USC as far as I can throw them. Utah doesn't have an offense, and until they do, it's hard for me to really buy into that. Washington State, you could have made that argument two weeks ago. They've now been embarrassed in back-to-back games. Boy, that was a bad game. Like, who's the third? Like, I think most people would look at Oregon and Washington and say probably the two best teams as of now in the conference. Who's the third best team in the Pac-12? I think it's Oregon State right now. It has to be, doesn't yeah. it? I, I think it's Oregon State. You're talking about balance? Balance, especially the way they play at home. It's offense and defense, and yes, home road splits are much different, but if we're just talking teams and what we've seen i think you have to go uw oregon oregon state utah usc and that can flip depending if caleb has the ball and doesn't throw three picks and then i think it's arizona i do i and i credit jed fish here every indication was saying all week that if laura if delora was healthy he was gonna start and i just thought that was the wrong play if you told me on thursday Fafita starting, I'm taking Arizona plus the eight, not Washington State minus the eight. I took that on the assumption they were going to play Delora. They didn't. They played Fafita. And yeah, their ground game was good. And their defense was exceptional. That kid completed 34 passes. He is unbelievable and fits so much better. And he's got really good instincts. He does. His footwork is good. His vision's good. He's reading the field really well. Arizona is not to be messed with. I'm incredibly nervous for that game in two weeks. It's a massive spot for Oregon State. Let's get to that game. What the hell happened to the Cougs this weekend, man? That was that was wild. I, I picked Arizona to cover the spread. I did not see that coming at all. Did not have it on my bingo card. Also, USC looks a little broken right now. Is this the way the rest of their season's going to go? We'll wrap up some other thoughts on the Pac-12 coming up next on The Fam. Hey, Mel. Bri here. Got to work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy. Hey, Mikey, if you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey, popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas... Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Well, we didn't really know what to expect in the Pac-12 this weekend. I can sure as hell tell you one game that I did not see going the way that it did. Hmm. Not surprised that Arizona put up a fight. I took him in Pac-12 picks against the spread to cover. I didn't really... The Fafita angle is definitely spot on. Like, I don't think... I, I don't know how they look with Jane Delora at quarterback. Yeah, you do. But I... Well, I, I just... I think <laughs> Arizona's... I think Arizona's a pretty good team. I think they've shown that. Like, they have lost two games this year um, in double overtime. Should have won both. Mississippi State and USC. And yeah. USC. The only yeah. other loss they have is to Washington by a touchdown, yeah. which that was a hair misleading of a final number. They were down the majority of that game. Very misleading. But Arizona's a good team. They have taken a massive step forward this year. Can no. we give them a quick applause? Yeah. Jet Fish? Round of applause, man. He's recruiting well. They're like, they're a respectable program. The Kevin Sumlin thing wrecked them. Totally did. And they found a good guy. I questioned it. He's been proving me wrong. You tell me Arizona on Friday, you say, hey, Dirt, Arizona's going to win in Pullman on Saturday. I'll say, oh. All right, I could see it. I could, Fafita plays well. I totally could see it. Washington State, I'm not sure how to feel about them after the game against UCLA. Sure. Totally could see it. You tell me that they outgain Washington State by 300 yards, that they win every three of the four quarters, they won by double digits. They scored in every quarter. It was 10 to 6 after the first. They then outscored Washington State 34 to nothing the rest of the game. They were a plus three in the turnover margin. They outpossessed the ball by 17 minutes of game time. Like, that is as thorough of ass-whooping as I have ever seen, and never in a million years would I have told you I could see that coming between Arizona and Washington State. What the hell happened to Washington State? I'm not versed enough as a X's and O's guy uh, to tell you what happened. I can't explain it. Washington's passing defense is, or I mean, not Washington, Arizona. Their pass defense going into this was seventh. It's not, wasn't very good. It's not like I mean it wasn't amazing. It's not <laughs> right. the worst, but it's not stellar. And you tell me UCLA shuts them I, down. I'm like, all right, at least the defensive numbers are good there for UCLA. They weren't good for Arizona. They couldn't score a touchdown. I'm almost just like, is Washington State the best time to play them in the day? <laughs> if you get Washington State in Pullman at night or a PM, like Oregon State type kick, are you are you screwed? Whereas like you get to play them with the sun out and they're like they're sober and they're not as loud. And I don't know. I don't know how to explain what that is. Fafita being the quarterback was a great move by Fish. Uh, I thought Arizona could hang with Fafita. I'm with you. I didn't see the ass kicking coming. I don't even know what Cougar fan would say to it. Like, how do you explain? At home, 44, okay, I guess, to Arizona, but, like, to score six at one point? In the first quarter? They didn't score again after the first quarter? Six? It was That's where you were going to end? I, I don't. I need somebody much smarter than you, I, and Swag on X's and O's to explain how the hell a team comes out and plays that poorly at home. Are they the team that beat Oregon State 38-35, or are they the team that lost Arizona 44-6? Who the hell is Washington State? I think State? they're a sweet spot, but I think... That UCLA game may have like emotionally broke them. They went into that, I think, with a lot of expectation, and they played like dog do. I feel bad for our boy Cam Ward. I still think he's a good dude. He's a great story. But going into UCLA, he had all these pieces written. Hey, he's a Heisman sleeper. And and really, it's two games now. Just dreadful performance. It's bad Cam Ward is back. Yeah. I don't know what to do with Washington State. I don't think they're as bad as a 44-6 to result. 
But I also don't know how you just show up at home and get bludgeoned by like by that by Arizona. I, I, it's really hard to compute. Cook fans chime in. I, maybe you're seeing something and you watch the entire game. I didn't end up watching much of it because I was I had it on the DVR. I was excited to go back and watch it later because there was a lot of stuff going on at that time on Saturday. And I'm looking at the score like, yeah, I'm not going to go watch that game. Imagine three weeks ago saying Oregon was going to be a three touchdown favorite at home against Washington State. When they were undefeated coming off a win over Oregon State, they they opened it like 19. It went up to 20. I think some money's come in on Washington State now, so it's gone down a little bit. But you're basically a three-touchdown favorite at home this weekend. I'm taking the Ducks, too. I mean, I, I Washington State, to me, you know, a, a few weeks have gone by. They're 4-2 and two now. We have good sample size of them. And they hit Oregon State square in the face with the deep ball. After that, we've learned through this journey, they're kind of one-dimensional. Not kind of. They are wholeheartedly one-dimensional. Yeah. Thank you. You're right. Because they ran for 35. They don't even make an effort to run the football. They can't. It, they just can't run it. No. Well, I, they, I also would argue they don't really try. Like, who's their leading rusher? <laughs> it's Cam Ward. That's not good. Their leading rusher on Saturday was Cam Ward with eight attempts. Everybody else, three, four, five, two. I get it. You're a more air raid sty- uh, type of attack. Even Washington understands that you got to have a, a running attack at some level. And so they run at a five yard per clip against a duck defense. It's damn good. You didn't even try. Like, how, how do you not even try to have some balance? They're one dimensional with a middle of the road to not very good defense, in my, uh, my opinion. Yeah. And I felt this way even after they beat my team, but you can't really voice it because you just lost. Well, it's one of those games, if it's played in Corvallis, you had the feeling that it go- that you, you I didn't come away with that game thinking Washington State is head and shoulders better than Oregon State. It was just they had a lot of a juice. They were at home. They hit the big touchdown early, and you just couldn't overcome it. So my stupid non-X's and O's brain that really doesn't exist in football to a great deal like others, my only takeaway is play more night home games because otherwise <laughs> you're probably going to lose in the day. Dude, wild, man. I didn't see that coming in a million years. Let's get to USC. They had the other embarrassing loss of the weekend. Uh, like, what happened there? If I told you, this is one of those, our buddy Josh Pate does these paper pop stats. If I told you on Friday, USC was going to hold Notre Dame to 251 total yards of offense. Let me repeat that. USC was going to hold Notre Dame to 251 total yards of offense and 13 first downs. You would have told me you know the outcome of the game. It didn't go that way. We'll get to that coming up next. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning winning Hyundai models like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. 
So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, a couple of quick thoughts here at the Vancouver Ford text line. Cougar fan chiming in. We've been exposed. Can't run the ball at all. So easy to defend, dropping seven or eight. Defense is not laterally quick. Yeah. Teams just spread us out side to side. Uh, another one on Jetfish. And this is true, man. Like, we're, we all have opinions in the time when we react to something a certain way. You never know how a hire is going to go. I remember seeing Kevin Sumlin get hired at Arizona thinking, that's a great hire. Me too. I remember Kevin Sumlin's name for the Oregon job yes. thinking, you have to go Sumlin. Oops. Uh, one of our P1s saying the Jedfish hire was almost universally panned, seen mm-hmm. as a half-hearted effort from an athletic program. Three seasons later, Arizona is playing great football. They've made major inroads in, inroads in recruiting. Great inroads. And I want to be the first to publicly apologize to Jedfish. That yeah. being said, put your balls on the table and go for two against <laughs> USC. That is true. Yes. Isn't it funny how we react to certain calls that way? Um, yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly with that sentiment. Jedfish is doing a really good job. It was funny. One of my bigger takeaways on Saturday was the reaction of – I had two different reactions. One, thank God Arizona's not on Oregon's schedule this year because I know the history of Oregon and Arizona games, and I want nothing to do with that team this year. Thank God we get Arizona State instead. The other one is, would you rather play UCLA or USC? Oh, well, am I at home? <laughs> sure, at home. I'd rather play UCLA. <laughs> okay. Because I got Dante If you're on Moore. the road. I, Same thing? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, because it's so funny to ask that. You would never think you did. USC got smoked by Notre Dame. They did. Giving up two. Notre Dame had 250 total yards and 13 first downs. Yeah. And they that game was over in the second quarter. They were dominated. And in the light of things that I didn't think we'd see, not surprised in the least that Notre Dame won. Everybody loved it. That weirded me out last week, but we all took Notre Dame and Pac-12 picks against the spread. They, that is as dominating yeah. and as embarrassing a loss as Lincoln Riley has suffered in his coaching career. It, it's a pretty bad one for sure. Um, and I, I, I think Notre Dame, like what's amazing to me, and we're not going to talk about it because Notre Dame won, the fact that that's all they did offensively against that defense. 250 yards. I'd be screaming from the mountaintop, I'm worried! Sam Hartman was 13 of 20 for 120 yards. Yeah, but he threw one good deep ball, so he's got the best <laughs> deep ball in football is what somebody said. And I'm like, get the F out of here. I... Look, Caleb had a bad game. He was awful. Every quarterback is prone to have one of these once in a while, and he largely had never had it. Like, his stinkers were, he didn't play well in the first half, right? The Oregon State game, the Arizona game this year, and then he comes back and he's amazing. And I've said this all season, he terrifies me. I'm not scared of the defense. I'm not really scared of the defensive coaching. Hell, sometimes situational coaching, Lincoln kind of leaves me a little puzzled. It's just Caleb. Caleb comes to Autzen at some point, and I think Oregon's, Going to feel real confident about that, but Caleb is scary. My read on USC is this, and I'm I'm going to stay on it until I'm proven wrong. You've been hammering this home for a while. They have the they have the look and the makeup of a team who is checked out in four different ways. They're good. They got a record that indicates they're good, but the defense to me, even with that performance, situationally wasn't good. When they needed to get the stop of stops, they couldn't do it. And as good as Caleb is, and he's a baller, Lincoln has a real feel and smell of a guy whose agent is currently negotiating on highest bid. Whether that's with an NFL team or a different college program, 
there's just kind of something off about them, and I thought they got super exposed to the point where if they didn't have Caleb Williams, I think they're a 6-6 six and six or 7-5 and five team. I think that that's the kind of level we're talking here. Lincoln to just be disres- dismissive of the coaching stuff going on defensively for them, mm-hmm. I just, they have a real look of a guy who agent is currently talking to ex-NFL team behind the scenes of, hey, we're going to go a different way. If this doesn't go well, what do you think about this? This happened at Oregon, by the way. Oh, you Mario, don't have to be behind me about that. Mario was behind the scenes. His agent was negotiating. We had somebody tell us with good, I think, something that I would say is reliable, say that the Miami Mario stuff was heating up in October of that season. Yeah. And what happened at the end of it, Dirt? It looked weird. It looked a little checked out, uh, disorganized, not as prepared. And then you have Mario on a Zoom call wearing a weird overall that he doesn't want to wear because he knows he's going to Miami. But here I am on the Oregon Bowl game Zoom conference. Getting made fun of by Bob Stoops. Have fun recruiting, Mario. (laughs) (laughs) Bob Stoops is just sitting there. (laughs) So that's my read on USC. I think their coach currently is dealing with things behind the scenes. And I think the team is kind of checked out in some ways. I don't know where they go from here, man, because if you tell me they lose that game on Saturday, again, not surprised, I would say, well, of course, what's the USC weakness been all season long? It's been their defense. Their defense has to be the reason they lose that game. It wasn't, man. That was, it was the total reversal. Their offense had five turnovers. Caleb Williams was not protected, and he played a really bad game because of that. Their offensive line's been an issue all season for them, and it finally reared its ugly head in the worst way. Like, if I told they had 10 more first downs in Notre Dame. They had 23 first downs in Notre Dame's 13. They were better on third down. Notre Dame was 30%. USC was uh, basically 50% on the game. Like, there's a lot of those metrics you look at and say USC's offense outperformed Notre Dame's offense. It wasn't the USC defense that bit them. It was their offense and their offensive line. And that's mm-hmm. almost more alarming because eventually they're going to lose more games. And the reason they're going to lose more games is because their defense is still terrible. Notre Dame just doesn't have an offense to capitalize. And they still scored 48 points. They play Utah this week. Utah beat them twice last year. And yeah, Utah's offense, it's not good. But against that defense, it might be good enough for the best defense in the yeah. conference in Utah, who's playing a hell of a season defensively. That front against the USC offensive line. And then you have Washington and Oregon at the back end of that schedule yeah. with one of those games being a road game. Not to mention UCLA, which is not a gimme in no. my mind. So you could be looking at four to five losses potentially. They could win two or three of those games. Totally could, yeah. Because I will also admit in watching that game and following it, when Caleb got the touchdown and it was 31-20, I went, well, this ain't done yet. Like I, I hung around until the next touchdown. Mm-hmm. And so Caleb has that kind of respect from me, but it is a bad it's a bad read from outside of that program. When you talk about USC, their season isn't over by any any stretch. But Lincoln's there's just something a little off about this. That LA Times piece, why does that get leaked? Why does that story exist during the season? Oh, NFL coaches, they actually live the best lives. I've talked to Sean McVay behind the scenes. <laughs> Why are you telling me this right now? It's just, those are such weird quotes to have. If Lanning or Smith or DeBoer, if any of the coaches that we really cover here do that, I'm 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 hitting the siren right now, man. Those are not encouraging quotes. If I'm a USC fan, to hear him how he's openly googly-eyed about being an NFL coach and that lifestyle. I don't like hearing that stuff. And I think his team looked a little unprepared on Saturday. You imagine the whirlwind reaction of USC hiring Lincoln Riley, being applauded as the best hire we've seen in like stole Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma, 
Oklahoma appears to have the better team in year two of their new coaching hires. Like if you Oklahoma and USC play today, I would take Oklahoma to win that game convincingly. And Lincoln Riley bouncing to the NFL after two seasons. What's the premium in, in the NFL right now? It's, <laughs> it's offense. Offensive minds. How many teams have young quarterbacks that you're questioning or you've yeah. given up on? Or how many teams have quarterbacks that you're kind of secretly hoping, God, I wish your head coach was a little more plugged in offensively. I'm going to be watching one tonight on Monday Night Football. Yeah. Maybe two. Because I don't think it's been a great year for McCarthy. And Staley is an utter disaster in most late-game situations. Not to mention the fact that you're going to have NFL teams that will try and do everything they can to convince Caleb Williams that they're not a dumpster fire because he has already come out with the threats. I'll come back and play another year of college football if I have to. Yeah. You know what solves a lot of that? Hire his coach. (laughs) Hire his coach. I tend to go the other way on that. I think it's definitely conceivable that Arizona or Chicago or somebody could hire him. But I, I, I I don't know, man. Like, tonight really might be a Monday Night Football game that's like the the Lincoln-Riley Bowl. It might be L.A. has the money and the cachet to say, hey, you don't move. Or Jerry goes, you like stars? <laughs> Come to Dix. I got a star in my helmet. Perfect for you, Lincoln. Uh, one of our P1 says, guys, that narrative uh, strikes me more with what's happening in Washington State than USC. Dickert looking like the Michigan State type deal. Oh, USC looking like they're all year, but it's a bad game for Caleb. Looking like they have all year. Yeah, I don't, yeah maybe, 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 maybe that's right. Maybe may- DeBoer or maybe uh, Dickert is not long for Washington State. God, that'd be brutal. I feel horrible even th- throwing that out there to Kook fans. I mean, it should be noted this is now a month of USC playing really bad football. It started with that Arizona State game when they didn't have a quarterback and scored twenty eight. Then it was the Colorado game. The week after Colorado couldn't score against Oregon, they put up 41 on USC and came back in that game with a chance late. Then the two-overtime game against Arizona. Arizona's a good team. They're the best of that bunch. But you were down 17 nothing right out of the gate, and then you get embarrassed by Notre Dame. I tell you, Dirt, I just randomly tell you on a Tuesday, hey, did you see the Oregonian piece entitled, I don't want to have regrets? <laughs> And then in the piece, Dan Lanning openly talks about how amazing it would be to be an NFL coach. I don't imagine you'd come in very happy about that. This team blows. I'm out, man. I'm out! Well, USC got embarrassed. They take on Utah this weekend. Talk about games where I don't really know where to go on some of these point spreads. That is one of them. Utah, USC, in L.A. this weekend. Uh, we got till Thursday for Pac-12 picks against the spread, but that was a really bad loss for Lincoln Riley in year two, 48-20, your final in South Bend. Let's end the show answering poll questions, getting you set for the day in sports, including the Swag Bowl on Monday Night Football, and an uplifting message. We'll end there on a Monday on The Fan. All right, welcome back in. It's one of those days you wish you had more time, but nonetheless, we're almost done. Well, we should be on 9 to 10, but you know, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even get to the NFL. We didn't talk anything about the NFL. Goofy, crazy well, stuff in the NFL. You're bearing the lead, too, because the other thing we didn't get to was Dirt's Tears. People want to hear the tears on the audio. Oh, yeah. I have people tweeting me, all, I can't wait to hear you go at landing on Monday. I'm like, what? Huh? Okay. All right. Um, Why aren't you more mad at your coach? I wanted you to be more mad at your coach today. Look, I have a 10-minute reaction after every game. Like Teams have a 24-hour rule. I have like a 10-minute rule. Like I'm in my emotions, I'm in my feels, and then I take a deep breath and I think about things logically and with reason. And I thought there was a player on Oregon who summed it up pretty well. And I, I, I heard this and I loved every second of it. It's easy to get caught in the moment and to tweet that that's the worst coaching performance in Oregon history or all the cuss words that were thrown at the head coach in my Twitter mentions. Like, okay, thanks for sending me that. Somebody's like, I know you can't say this out loud, but F Dan Lanning, man. 
Like I, I wouldn't say that out loud anyways, even if I could. Um, That's because you're muzzled by the Oregon Ducks. <laughs> you wish you could say what you feel. No, I just have perspective. You lost on the road by a field goal to a top five team in the country who might go on to win a national championship this year. It's okay to have perspective. Sometimes you're going to lose games like that. You don't win them all. Bo Nix, after the game, had this to say, and I loved it. You know, this group is going to be able to, you know, um, write its own story, write its own journey. And, um, you know, I think if it was easy, you know, everybody would do it. If it was, um, you know, if there was no failures, um, then everybody would be playing football, you know. So I think that it's part of it. You win and lose. Um, you go out there and play your best. You go out there and enjoy the process. And um, even though I hated the outcome of today, um, it was one heck of a football game that I loved playing. Um, and I'll lose with those guys any day um, because I know what they've put into it. And I know everybody can nitpick it um, all they want. Um, but y'all don't see us on Tuesday and Wednesday practicing either. Um, and y'all don't see what kind of passion and fire we play with. And um, so I think it's definitely you know, unfair to critique and, and nitpick those guys in that locker room and even our coaches who do, do an incredible job of preparing us each and every week and getting us ready to play and you go out there and you do your best to win the game sometimes you lose um, and that's part of it and I'm proud to be an Oregon Duck I'm proud to be here um, I'm proud to play with this locker room um, I'm proud to play for these coaches um, and it means a lot to me and you know I'm not going to quit on them and I know they're not going to quit on me um, and so we have a lot to play for um, as the season goes on. And, um, you know, I think it's a challenge that I'm, um, you know, built for. And, um, you know, I think I was just put in this position for that. And, and that's what I'm going to do. Not quite the Tim Tebow Ole Miss speech where yeah, you're never going to. But it's pretty close. But it, I was, mean, <laughs> it was pretty good, man. That one got me. I needed that. It was like a nice little uplifter when I saw that one floating around the socials after the game. I love it, man. That's the starting quarterback who's going to bring his team together. And look, I can't. Oregon has everything still within their reach this season. What lost on Saturday was their safety net. The Washington has a safety net. They could drop a game. They're still going to be ranked, you know, and have a chance at the playoff and all that. Oregon's safety net is now gone. You lose one more game, that dream of making the playoff is over. But other than that, everything is still within your grasp. And if you win out, you're in, and you control your own destiny. So, it, you know, I, I want to point out another thing, too. I, I did like the quote from Bo and having a, a perspective about this, because I had to do the same thing when Oregon State lost to Washington State. I'm like, cool, this early. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, you just got to take it week by week. And football can reward you sometimes, and sometimes it can be a cruel mistress who just rips your heart out. What has Oregon State done in their last three games? Exactly, just win. Just keep winning till you get to your you know, your know, tougher games, and one's coming up in two weeks. Yeah. Uh, what I would add, though, to the end of your th statement that I agreed with was a little perspective in the Pac-12. We haven't been to a playoff since 2016. And I said this going into the year, and I've so far I'm holding true to it. I don't care about the playoff. I know you want to go to the playoff. I think Oregon State fan wants to go to the playoff. UW, obviously, all of these fans want to go to the playoff. But even if you were to have a hiccup, there's still scenarios where you end up in the Pac-12 title game mm -hmm. and win the conference. Mm -hmm. And so, like, this is kind of what I don't like about college football and why I prefer the NFL a little bit, is football in any given day is going to sometimes slap you square in the face and tell you, eh, not what you think. It's not going to play how you think. Ask Philly. Ask San Francisco. They lost to lesser teams yesterday, especially San Francisco. What an embarrassing bad loss. The Bills should have lost to Terod Taylor so, <laughs> at home. Yeah, you could have had P.J. Walker and Zach Wilson and Terod Taylor all beat the Bills, Niners, yeah. and Eagles, and nobody would have believed you. 
I I just think we should allow for more error in the game, and college never does. College never does. does not allow for mistakes to be made to the point where Ryan Day has this incredible record at Ohio State, and he has to come out and say, yeah, 10-2, and two, not good enough. <laughs> 10-2, and two, not good enough. It's ridiculous. Um, it's a heartbreaking loss for Oregon, but you still kind of have everything lined up for you to control what your season's going to be. Can't wait to see how they respond. Will the Pac-12 end its playoff drought this year? 70% of you say yes, they will. Uh, I had to lay on the floor and look at the ceiling during the final kick. Can you relate to that? 70% of you say yes to that. Uh, which fourth down call did you have the biggest problem from Dan Lanning with? The end of the first half won that one, 56% so far. Oregon State 6-1. and one. Will they go into the Washington game at 9-1? and one? 69% of you. Nice. nice. Say yes, they will. We get the swag bowl tonight. Any conflicted emotions? Chargers and Cowboys? No. Football? My Chargers are getting points. Let's go. We take I mean, it's, it's, it's one. Are we taking the Chargers tonight? It's one and a are half. Taking, are we bolts up, baby? <laughs> goal. Bolts Chargers, up. goal. Bolts up. Yeah, screw the Cowboys, man. There you go. Good little show. If you missed it, go check the Service Patriots podcast at 1080thefan.com, at Dirt and Sprague, and at 1080thefan. You can check out their latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash fan. Thanks so much for being a part of our Monday, everybody. We will talk to you tomorrow at 6 a.m. Calling us next. You're listening to 1080 The Fan. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.